Guess what I'm doing on Wednesday? Um, hang on. Wait. You're going to embrace your inner emo high schooler and rage? Oh, yeah, <laughs> dude. How did you know? I, I had 182 ideas. but I- How did you know about that? I can't believe you like actually knew about that. I'm so proud of you. But yes, that's exactly what I'm doing on Wednesday. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think it's because I... Um, <laughs> impressed. I've been getting ads for music shows in Phoenix as well as at wow. um, at Azura Amphitheater in Kansas. This is a because sign. I looked up shows at those places, so now they're just advertising to wow, me. Wow! So they just know now they know you, dude. Oh yeah, now you're the product. And then, you know, wow, you know that meme dude. where there's like it's like now you're the product, and then behind is the guy with the gun. Always have been. <laughs> always have been. <laughs> Did you know that over $5 trillion exchanges hands on a daily basis? That's an average of over $220 billion an hour. Now how does this much money move every single day and why does it move the way it does? Here on Drunkonomics, two bartenders who also happen to be students at the University of Nebraska Graduate School of Business are going to sit down and drink to the global economy and try and translate it into English. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a stiff one. And have a drink with us to the comedy that is the global economy. And welcome back to yet another episode, yet another presentation of Drunkonomics. This is the drinking podcast with an economics problem. So glad you can join us. Hopefully you have a nice stiff one in front of you. Unless, of course, you're about to drive somewhere. In that case, wait till you get to where you're going and then have that stiff one. But whatever it is, get there fast because we got a lot to drink to this week. With that said... Because the VIX is still under whatever our threshold target was for that we set for this year, I think it was 23. Yeah. I would like to welcome us all back as the more gracious host. My name is Aaron Wong. So glad you all can join us. And of course, I'm joined alongside the um, the less gracious host, I might say. <laughs> uh, what was that name of yours again? Still, uh, uh, yeah, no, James Goldwater. James uh, Joldwater. Oh, Graceless. <laughs> graceless in the Midwest, yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, and I, and I guess I'm graceful in uh, in the great state of Arizona. But uh, with that said, um, I want to give a quick shout out to our social media. It's at Drunkonomical, D-R-U-N-K-N-O-M-I-C-A-L. That's us on Facebook and Instagram, aka formerly known as the Metaverse. And of course, separately, you can also find us at Drunkonomical on Twitter. Uh, Soon to be formerly known as Twitter. No, I'm just <laughs> If it's... If it, I don't know. I still don't. Uh, Whatever. Either way, I mean, you can find, you know, while it lasts, while supplies last, you can find us on either either of those those platforms. Bandwidth pending. Yeah. Um, Bandwidth pending. And of course, bandwidth pending as well. You can also check us out on Discord. Discussion is free to all. There's a link there. If you can't find it, feel free to just message one of us. Either message the Drunkonomical inbox, the Drunkonomics inbox. Or find James, find me on Twitter, on face, on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever, and message us. We're more than happy to Absolutely. take inquiries about uh, about our Discord channel. But uh, yeah, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. Before we go on any further, I have to do this just to make sure that I follow compliance rules or whatever it is. Nothing we say here is financial advice. The thoughts that are expressed by James and I are thoughts are just our own thoughts. They're, they don't reflect the thoughts of our employers whatsoever. And if they happen to do so, it's purely coincidental. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. We're not we're not speaking for them mm-hmm. or anything in that respect. Yeah. Um, and I encourage you to do your, that, yeah to do some research as well. If you hear something we said, you're like, oh, I want to look into that. Is that true? Feel free to message us. Say hey, source question mark, and we'll yeah, and we'll get yeah, back we'll, to we'll you. We'll try and dig it up with, uh, yeah. with as accurate as we can. Yeah. I guess having said that, it is the beginning. Uh, I think we should raise a glass, and it's um, yes, we should. I, as a matter of fact, yeah, let me get some more ice cubes. But yes, keep going. So it took it took me a minute to track down who this is who this is for, but um, uh, there's two. So there's like my serious one, which is to say, let's raise a glass to Piero Ferrari, Whoa. who has become okay. the third wealthiest individual in Italy. Following the death last night of Silvio Berlusconi, <laughs> the former prime minister of Italy and billionaire playboy. Um, that's, uh, yeah. you know, that's, here's the Ferrari. You know, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Maybe it could have. And then and I guess in a less serious one, so let's, um, let's raise a glass to Binance's lawyers because they're about to make some money. <laughs> they, they're about to make some crazy buku bucks. They dude. are. Buku they're bucks. about to earn their billables. Yeah. This really isn't advice, um, but like, I mean, I'd say like, hey, like, Get cash. <laughs> don't don't take crypto. That's a crypto. Yeah. That's a crypto don't dig, accept, though. I would get it in cash. Listen, personally. man. If I was a lawyer, I'm I'm just saying, like, I don't want to get paid in a currency 
that is worth you know thirty thousand bucks a coin today, and tomorrow could be worth eighteen thousand bucks. Well, the next one is I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to take like the Binance coin that's linked to Binance there and you lose your, your your bills or you, it's yeah, not worth dude. anything. Like, yeah, no, how much are my Binance tokens worth? Nothing. Binance doesn't exist anymore. Well, well, yeah. All right. Well, that sucks, doesn't it? Uh, is this at least a good tax implication? I don't know. Uh, but whatever. Uh, yeah, that sucks. If you could take it in currency, uh, take it in currency. It doesn't matter if it's the euro. It doesn't matter if it's the dollar. Yeah, as long as there's uh, a legitimate I, central bank behind it, you're... Yeah, you're, uh, you know, I, I, would, I would stay away from certain you're gonna currencies. You're going to get something. Yeah, I mean, I would say certain, certain currencies I would, I would stay away from, like the Turkish lira. I'm not, you know, don't pay me in that. But, you know, a lot of other things out there. They've got a lot of options, right? So, you know, don't pick a bad one. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that's a good one, dude. I'll go ahead and cheers to that. <laughs> cheers to Piero Ferrari cheers. and his awesome cars. Yeah, no, there were two people in front of him, but their families were also included. So it's one of those things where you're like, well, <laughs> and family. Cool. James is the wealthiest guy in the U.S. if you count James Goldwater and countrymen. <laughs> um, like, that's a useless metric. <laughs> and and you know that James Goldwater and wow. Warren Buffett are worth a lot of money together. Yeah, that's like that's like saying me and Tiger Woods have won 15 majors on the PGA Tour. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and speaking of the PGA Tour, I would like to pour one out to the PGA Tour. It's not really the PGA Tour. This is the thing. Everybody saw the news last week. If you watch CNBC, which I watch CNBC pretty religiously, they broke the news that the PGA Tour is merging with the Live. And if you know anything about me, you know that I played competitive golf for like 18 years of my life. I played in college, played all over the country, played in some pro events, not PGA Tour pro events, but some pro events. You know, golf is a sport that I'm very passionate about that that I paid close attention to. So... So seeing this wasn't necessarily something that uh, that made my day. Um, I'm not totally inherently against the merger, because, right. but hear me out. Like it's because I want to see Dustin and Phil and Brooks and and Bryson. I want to see them compete against Scotty Scheffler and Jordan Spieth and and John Rahm and all those guys. I want to see that again. So from a golf viewership standpoint, I think it's better. Yeah. Uh, and more money also certainly helps. But at the same time, like this was such a stinky deal. I mean, this was oh, yeah. really petty. It does not look it, it, petty. It's not good. Like, yeah, dude. This is, Jay this, Monahan, is, this is like the I, Enron guys selling shares right dude. before everything. Like, oh, that's what yeah. this looks like. Yeah, this, that's exactly what he's doing. So like, I, I don't know what happened behind closed doors. I, I wasn't in those meetings. I have no idea. Nobody knows what happened in those meetings, apparently. But I mean, I kept seeing these memes like they, they compared it to The Godfather, which if you haven't seen yeah. The Godfather, go watch the movie. It's a brilliant movie. But there's a scene where he talks about, oh, we took Luca Brasi into this meeting room and we, you know, told the guy, I can assure you either your brains or your signature are going to end up on this contract. So there are memes about oh, that, that maybe it, that's what happened to Jay Monahan. It's, is, it, is it like that one, that, that bit in Casino, another great movie? If you, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to, it's like, Brilliant you can movie. have the money and the hammer, yeah. you can walk out of here. But you can't have both. I'll walk out of here. But you can't have both. Give the money. Yeah, you can't, you can't have both. What do you want? I'd like to leave, please. Okay, yeah. get the fuck out of here. And tell your friends, and you don't mess around here. Yeah. So, tell your friends what happened. Yeah, dude. So, yes. Uh, Maybe that's I, I what happened. A, I made a big mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah you damn right you did. Yeah. But yeah, like I, maybe that's what happened. I have no idea, right? I no, seriously don't know, but the deal stinks to high heaven. You know, I feel bad for their, I mean, I don't feel that bad, that bad for them. They're all multimillionaires, but like the guys on the PGA Tour that stayed loyal, right? That refused yeah. multi million dollar contracts with the Live Golf Tour to, to stay on the PGA Tour. Because Jay Monahan, remember, a year ago was like, if you leave for the Live Golf Tour, you're never, never coming, coming back, back to the back. PJ Tour, right? And some people were kind of thinking about like, well, uh, do I take $200 million and not play in the PJ Tour again and have financial security? Not that they weren't having that on the PJ Tour, but like have ultra yeah. financial, I mean, like life-changing generational wealth money type money, right? Oh, yeah. Do I take that or do I stay on the PJ Tour where if I keep missing cuts, I, I go broke, you know? Which is true. Like that, that has happened before. People, you know, have a bad stretch. They keep missing cuts and then they, they run out of money. So, yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty compelling. Yeah, no, um, he's, he's he, look, I'll, I'll go back to the Enron comparisons. He was Kenny Lay. He was, he was Kenny Lay convincing his employees to, to invest their money in, in Enron, to keep buying Enron stock, to, to, you know, to go into their, instead of taking cash, Ultimate pump go with dump. the options, yeah. go with the options, go with the options. At the same time, he knows what's happening. He knows he's selling. He knows he's, he knows he's literally a, selling he them fraud. out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't. I mean, and like you know, even in like the week or two before like the fraud was revealed, he was like, he's like, no, yeah, just keep buying. He's like, keep buying Enron yeah. stock. That's what that's what I would do. You should buy Enron stock. You exercise your yeah, options. Yeah, Give whatever, us the cash. Yeah. Here, here's your stock. And it's just like, dude. Yeah. So it's kind of like this, uh, man. Like it, it's it's just it stinks so much because literally less than a year ago, this guy was talking about the Live Golf Tour being 
you know, like the people behind the Live Golf Tour, which is the public investment fund, uh, which is ran by the Royal Family of Saudi Arabia. He was like, these guys are responsible for 9-11. So if you I leave mean, for the Live Golf Tour. No, expl- yeah, I know. Right. Like, I, it's ridiculous you know, what he yeah. did. He said, like, if okay. you leave for the Live Golf like, Tour, like, explain to the families of the of 9-11 victims why you left. Yeah. yeah it was he just was, stupid. He was, what, like, and, and then, like, that was a stupid accusation, one. But on top of that, like, now you turn this new leaf, completely shocked yeah. everybody. Shocked the sports world, shocked the finance world. Going to be a huge M&A activity, a lot of M&A activity from this. So... Think about how they're going to appraise all these assets. I mean, they're going to spend a lot of money appraising all these assets from, from Live Golf. How much revenue is it? How much cash flow coming yeah, in? Yeah, now they have it? to value like, they have to come up with whole new valuation models for the advertising for yeah. the for the athletes. And then like, for- yeah, and then like, what do you compare that to? Like, you, there's nothing you can compare it to. Like, there's like if I asked you what the NFL is worth, like, did, do you know? <laughs> like, you know, off the top of my like, head, I have no idea. Exactly. Like, I mean, we could sit here from an accounting perspective and say, okay, what are the te- like? Let's take the balance sheet of all the teams and then the balance sheet of the organization that, and, and count it. That's what they're mm-hmm. worth. That's the dollar. That's a do- to the penny. That's what they're. That's what the total value the value. Is. But like, but, value. but if, yeah. you, if you want to value it from a but, finance perspective, when you value future cash flows in perpetuity, it's a completely different number. And that's oh, yeah. assuming that forecasts and projections are correct. There's, there's a know? reason one of the best so, episodes in those early seasons of Billions is, uh, is spoiler alert, sorry, but, um, but is Axe walking back into the room and sitting down there, Damien Lewis just yeah. sitting down there across from Paul Giamatti and going, uh, you want to talk damages? You just cost me a professional football team. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then you just see like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like that look. Yeah, oh, that, that was actually a really brilliant scene. That's actually only the first season. But like, yeah. Is that the first um, season or is it early in the second? Yeah, like, I, I think it's early in the second. second. I think it's in the second. I thought it was in the first. It might be. I, look, it, I, those first two seasons yeah. are so good. I just back Yeah, back. I just blew right through them. Yeah, they're really good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. This, this deal stinks. I, I feel like, I think Jay Monaghan personally kind of stabs some guys in the back. He's going to try and make up for it, but I don't think there's anything he can do because these guys withheld a lot of money. He, thre- not, he threatened his a- you know. he threatened his athletes, the members of the PGA. He threatened those athletes. Yep. Uh, the golfers, with, dude, come on. Golfers th- aren't real athletes. Come on. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you said it because I'm with you. Um, no. I'm, no he, I'm he, the golf community because I said that. He, he, but, he thre- but he threatened these guys with, with a pretty severe sanction of yeah, you can never come back here if you go. He, let's put it this way. He pulled a Bernie Madoff. Once you leave, you can't come back. Well, yeah. And the, the thing is, too, like the big worry about the Live Tour was like, what if this tour folds because they're spending money left and right? I mean, they're pulling from a pool of about $600 billion was what I heard, yeah. right? It was a pool of about $600 billion. That's about, it's about what is the, what the pension heard. investment fund has. Yeah. Yeah. Which like, I don't think they're going to like, they're going to allocate all that to a single golf tour. But no. either way, th- th- that was the number that they drew from $600 billion to, to create this new golf league. But we had to recruit athletes so that we had a product to present to advertisers and yeah. to spectators and whatever, and you know, whatever it is. Right. So they said, okay, yeah, we have all these resources. And they started offering players, like Phil Mickelson, they offered him $250 million. I'd do a lot of things for $250 million. I would play golf with the Saudi uh, royal family for $200 million. You I'd play golf for Vladimir Putin I, for $250 yeah, million. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, I mean we, all, we all have our- ass, ass, assume, Assuming the money was legal. Like, you know what I mean? Assuming like, Assuming yeah. it's not a blatant violation of the law for me, and, and therefore the money is, is forfeit. Like, yeah, but, I mean, you're playing golf in front of a camera and a few people, like, you yeah. know, for 200 million bucks for however many seasons. Like, or I don't know what your moral boundaries are, but like, that doesn't seem like that bad of a deal. And if you really, and if you kind of like come to terms with it, like, you know, these guys are, it's just a sad, like, well, this is just oil money from Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, ostensibly um, our friends. Very, very US. ostensibly, yes. But yeah, like, I mean, we're kind of going down the rabbit hole here, but like, yeah, yeah. Think about it, it's like, dude, like not, not bad. That's pretty convincing that that would convince me to leave. Um, yeah. especially like if you're in your fifties and you're, you're not going to make $200 million the rest of your playing days on the PGA, you, your PGA career. You're, no, you're, not, you're not going to. Yeah. Even with sponsors, whatever, like you're just not going to. And no. like, and Tiger, apparently they offer Tiger almost a billion dollars. Right. So like that, that's what they're drawing from to, to provide, to produce this product to TV sponsors and all that kind of stuff. So, you know. They got sued by the PGA Tour. Allegedly, the reason why they merged is because there was uh, the PGA maybe couldn't afford the lawsuit. I don't know. Couldn't I don't, afford the legal one, I bills. I, I don't know yeah. if I, I, I don't know. I, I remember seeing things where it's like, actually, these lawsuits ended up being very expensive and the PGA just yeah, couldn't sure. afford to continue, just couldn't afford to keep them going. And then yeah. it runs to the point where it's like, okay, we can't afford to keep them going, which means we mm-hmm. don't think we're going to win. 
Like, cause if you think you're going to win, just go get your legal fees on the other end of it. Yeah, fine. exactly. But if Which, you're sitting here going, well, we're not going to win. Uh, or well, or we're we going to run out of money before we win. Then it's like, well, yeah. Um, so I, I, maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. But like, I mean, this commissioner, man, like if he, if he lasts to the end of the year, I'd be surprised because he screwed a lot of people over, I think. Oh, yeah. he, made, he made this deal behind a lot of people's back. It's supposed to be Players League, which I'm not saying the PGA Tour is, is a very is an innocent, squeaky clean organization. Just like the NCA, just like the NFL. They're not none of these no. organizations. They're nonprofit technically, but they're not squeaky clean. They they all have their corruptions and whatever. Like I, I'm not a fan of any of these nonprofit sports leagues, but I like watching the content. So that's not yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not innocent here. There's either, a moral yeah, there's a moral question there. <laughs> I like the, I don't think the NFL is a squeaky clean organization, but man, do I love watching football uh, <laughs> and 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 NCA football. You know, but I, this thinks to high heaven. You know, hopefully it provides a good product on the other end. You know, Jay Monahan. I, I, whether this is a good deal for golf or not, Jay Monahan needs to step down. I think there's no way around it, and that's my poor one out. Okay, so. fair enough. <laughs> that's not like at the end of the day, this is not that big of an issue. It's the PGA Tour. No, you know, just, like it's a big it's, issue for me. It's, it's sentimental to me. It's huge to me. It's my world. Yeah, but, but in the end, it's like okay, it's owned by a bunch of rich guys overseas. What else is new? What they um, do won't affect what I do. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to affect my life whatsoever. The golf courses in Arizona will still be there. You're going to be fine. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Except for the water issues, but well, um, if, they, if the PJ Tour can control yeah, the wind, no. if they can control wind on the golf course, then I would be drastically concerned, and I would convince everybody that this is the biggest issue since uh, I don't know. I can't think of the last biggest issue, but this is since COVID, right? This is the biggest issue since COVID. You know, it's whatever. Yeah, yeah it's not. It's, at the end of the day, it's not that big of an issue. You know, will it affect your pocketbooks? Probably not. Um, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Indirectly, directly, there's going to be a lot of M and A activity at least. Yeah, that's, that's all that's we know. A, yeah, well, so they, take with that someone's information. Gonna, someone's going to make someone's going to make some money. Yeah, so take to take with that information whatever you want to do with it. I don't know what the outcome of M and A activity is going to do, uh, but you can. I'm sure you, there's a way you can find out. But anyways, what we're, we're, it's been it's been um, a wild week because I mean like tomorrow we have a CPI print. That's right, we do no, have we, a CPI print. So because we're recording, because we're going to be recording on the 12th of June, yeah, uh, which is Monday. So on the 13th of June, lucky 13, we're going to get the new CPI print. Out well, of, let's, uh, let's 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 see how lucky it is. Uh, well, because then we have Fed meeting right after yeah. that. So right now it's CPI Eve. CPI is tomorrow, which also is the yep. eve of the uh, uh, the rate decision. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's CPI eve, then we get CPI, which is actually also rate decision eve, and then we yeah. get rate decision. <laughs> exactly. It's like, so it's so going to be an exciting week. Yeah, so it's going to be um, a, a super exciting week. But I think last week, I mean, there were so many things, or not even last week, but like today, even up to today, we saw a lot of stuff. But I think starting, you know, like post the Live Golf Tour announcement or whatever, one of the key mm-hmm. things we saw was, Chinese exports down seven and a half percent. So this kind of goes into the, it's kind of the precursor to the rolling recession that we're going to talk about later on. But yeah, 7%. That's not, that's not necessarily. Imports imports down something like two and a half, like imports were down two and a half percent expected to be four. So the imports weren't down as bad as we're expected, but exports were substantially worse. Yeah. So James, why would exports be down by seven and a half percent in May? Well, there's two reasons. There's two possibilities. And Uh uh, one is that more stuff that China's manufacturing is being kept within China to be consumed within China. Mm. That is not happening. Mm. <laughs> that is, that is uh, not what is say, occurring. That's a, that's a little right, bit so like the reason to go, why are exports down? It's like, well, because we only make 100 and we used to consume 80 here and export 20. Well, now we're consuming 85 and we're exporting um, 15. You know, why so are it's, they only it's, exporting it's 15 not, though? Right? But it's not internal consumption. What it really is is just no one, out, no one externally is buying. It yeah, wants, wants exactly. what they're selling. Or is ordering. Yeah. So, I mean, one of, the, one of the things we talked about last week, or I guess not last week, but I think one of the key themes that we've touched on throughout end of 2022 to 2023 is, are we, are we not in a recession? Is a recession going to happen? All that kind of stuff. All this talks about, you know, the R word, uh, which is a very vicious and vile word that um, can potentially spook markets if the NBER ever, ever used that word yeah. as an affirmative. So. You know, one of the things we've we've seen is that manufacturing as a whole has really it's gone in some weird directions. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's gone in some very interesting directions. But at the same time, like you know, it, usually when manufacturing is up, exports to the United States or exports, you know, Chinese exports to say, yeah, Chinese usually, exports yeah. going to the U.S. go up. Exactly. Yeah, when manufacturing is up. You know, where do we get most of our raw materials from? Um, or I guess the entire world. Yeah. Um, China produces a huge amount of steel. Remember, 
ballpark yeah, is just just a little more than 50% of the global steel supply comes out of China. Exactly. So if US manufacturing is up, you would expect to see more steel coming from China. You would expect to see more not they're not finished goods, but like more raw materials coming out of China that are or rather mm-hmm. they're inputs for US products or inputs for US manufacturing. So you'd expect right, to see the yeah. inputs and you know that that going up. But when you see it go down, I mean seven and a half percent, that's that's huge. Like yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's hundreds of- That, that tells you that whatever it is that they're making, people aren't buying or, or it isn't being ordered, right? So that's, yeah. that, you know, that's well, that's steel, that's finished alloys, that's- Aluminum or- I mean, uh, yeah. Because uh, yeah. don't they have, don't they own like a lot of like African aluminum bauxite mines or something like that or- and then they, uh, they, Yeah, well, they've, they've, they've supported some coups to- um, uh, <laughs> To make okay. sure they they don't lose access to certain places, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very simple. If you're if you're not if people aren't buying what you're selling, you don't make as much of it. You don't export it. Yeah, when you think about it too, like well, like you know, let's think about why people aren't buying as much stuff. It's because they're not producing it. They're not manufacturing it. You know, well, my it's because my buyer's not buying, right? So like exactly. I'm, I don't have, I can't make the sales. So it's this, it's this. There's some really interesting things that I've yeah. Well, I've think, looked at like yeah, and I think one of the funny things too, if you look at you know the Chinese exports, you know year over year chart, right? I mean it's up thirty percent, and it's, it's like a straight downhill from you know from last July until January of this year. It crosses below zero, and then sharp increase, and then straight back down. So I thought that was pretty fascinating too. So I don't know yeah. if that had anything to do with oh my god, we bought too much stuff. You know, if like Europe was like oh man, we bought way too much stuff. If America, you know, if American manufacturers like well, buy too much, they have too much inventory. It's that, so if um, we look at the U.S., the U.S. has always been a service. Not always. That's not true. Um, the U.S. is a service sector economy. Yes. The vast majority and services of, are very strong. Just yeah. FYI. But yes. So people wonder what services are. Financial services, banking, legal services, lawyers, yeah. accounting, hotels, restaurants, services, yes. right? We're providing, yes. we're providing services or educated skills. People that do M&A activity, services. M&A. Yeah. It's, so M&A it's not all manufacturing. Yes. yes. Now, where it is yeah. manufacturing. You know, let's put this way. This is the interesting thing. At the port of Long Beach and um, port of Los Angeles, we have ships waiting off the, we have ships waiting, you know, seven day delays Mm -hmm. sometimes to get in, get unloaded. So we're seeing supply chain snafus there, but we're seeing fewer exports coming out of China. So on the plus side, you can look at it and say, well, you know, the the ports will sort themselves out relatively soon because they'll have a breather, less stuff coming in. Yeah. But that also just says (laughs) that- I'll be honest with you, this news is good for supply chain. It's good for this, you know, the whatever the supply chain yeah, pressure index. It's it suggests know, like, I'll say this. It suggests that one of two things. Either the market for Chinese goods is much lower because they found substitute goods elsewhere. Possible. Uh, yeah. Or on a slightly more pessimistic note, that there isn't demand because there isn't demand. There's no demand for these goods well, because the markets I, are just the market just isn't there to be made. Well, and to be honest with you, like if especially if you look at the last month, like the last month Chinese exports. This was such a drastic decline. Probably yeah. the most drastic that we've seen in the last, I don't know, the data that I'm seeing it's, is, is it's at least the largest the largest decline in the last year. It's at least, right? And maybe maybe oh, yeah. more. Maybe it's the, lar- the the you know, month over month the biggest decline in 6 years. I have no idea, right? But at, at least in the last year it's the largest decline that we've seen in Chinese exports, right? Cuz uh, a- April was like, you know, Chinese exports was like up year over year, like almost nine percent. So going from nine percent to negative seven and a half, right? That, that that's a drastic swing. Yeah, it almost it um, almost. It, it, you know, the so, thing is, if you were to see if you were to see it be more than seven percent, if you were to see it negative negative nine percent, it'd be like, oh, there wasn't actual growth. Um, maybe assuming a midpoint. So like, I, but, I think I think personally, it's 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 a combination of things. Maybe China was messing with the numbers. I have no idea. I don't I don't want to accuse China probably. of that, but at the same time, I do. So there's that. There's China maybe messing with their numbers, but at the same time, I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? Like if you look at PMI indexes here in the in the states, it's not good. It's it's not a pretty picture. So no. manufacturing is ugly. Well, and it doesn't help probably, that, that U.S. credit is U.S. Yeah, consumer yeah. credit is basically maxed out. Exactly. So, so it's not forecasts like, probably have been weaker in terms of like you know inputs outputs and stuff like that. So there's that aspect to it too. But I also think you know to your point, yeah, maybe. We are looking. When I say we, I mean the United States of America. But I'm assuming other countries, a lot of Western. Well, the world, the global follow. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I think it's I think a lot not, of like developed Western countries, like um, you know, the Euro. Oh no, we'll drag, we'll drag 
China into this too. Yeah, well, like, I was, say, we've I, already dragged them in there. <laughs> it's, it's not so it's because it's not just their seven and a half percent decrease in exports. It's not just a two and a half percent decrease in imports. Import, yeah. They they cut their they're cutting their short term interest rates. Like, yeah, they're very clearly saying like on our seven to ten day um, rates where we're, we're affecting reverse repo markets. We're trying to decrease the cost of borrowing money in the short term. Oh yeah. That, which is fishy central bank behavior. But before we talk more about that, I do think, you know, it's part of like, it's a combination of two. Like, so the number that we're seeing, the flip from 9% or whatever it was before uh, in the month of April, the flip from that to negative 7.5%, you know, positive 9 to negative 7.5, which is a giant swing. I think it has to do with loaded both. Like countries are looking elsewhere. They don't want to do business with China because they, they, oh, they've yeah. looked at their, at their problems, their demographic problems, whatever it is. I'm going to pour some more scotch real quick, but they looked at their <laughs> problems and they've gone like, okay, this is not a country that well, has a bright economic future. We don't want to no, continue and, doing business with them. We want to establish different business relationships with other and countries. And they're no longer the cheapest so, labor on the market. And that's, that's another thing. Exactly. Right? So, so, everything that made you attractive isn't great. There are a lot like of headwinds in China. And, yes. and not the least of which is the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> no, there are a great yeah. many reasons not to... Do business in China anymore? If you're if you're a Western national or a Western corporation, one of one of the yeah. big ones. I was reading an interesting article in the Economist, and they point out oh, that yeah. because of how how broadly written Chinese secure like some of these some of these COVID level security restrictions um, have been written on tech and, and other aspects oh, yeah. of China is that is that if you have a um, a digital signature in an email. That yeah. might be considered a oh, breach yeah. of security. That might be considered a breach of the law yeah, under state security standpoint. So it's like so ridiculous. Like, really? That like so that, if it's the automatic, name every single stupid time, automatic thing on every email. That's 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 enough. Okay, that's a great way to keep people coming in. Yeah, like if I sign my name automatically, you know, Aaron Wong, University of Nebraska men's golf class twenty sixteen. It's like all right, that's a breach of security. You're in jail. It's like well, yeah, very possibly. You, you got to be kidding me, man. This is ridiculous. You know, that's kind of my flagship, what I'm known for thing or whatever, you know, or I, I mean, not me, but whatever, yeah, just saying, it's, right? So yeah, I mean, it sticks to high heaven. So what were you, what were you saying about the central bank of China? What, what's, what's going on there again? No, so They're, they, so they've, um, they've reduced their reverse repo rate, 10 basis points, right? From 2% down to 1.9% is like, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to raise more? So lowering, lowering short-term interest rates. So like the, the seven to 10 day, that, that short term, that 10 day, that not quite two week overnight rate, they're, they're lowering it. Um, so they're trying to, like I said, they're trying to make short-term loans, overnight loans, less expensive for for their firms that are that are accessing those borrowing windows. Is this and kind of their? Is this kind of like their own? Because like Japan has as notoriously like they're, they're Japan is really known for doing this too. But is this the um, well? The, Japan the Chinese, has. Well, I mean, like is is this because like this this to me just sounds like yield curve. Manipulation. Well, it is, like, but it's also a response like, to you're pushing down the front end of the curve. That's essentially what you're doing. Well, yeah, and then you're. But this is like, done as a response to um, decrease in deposit rates in in their major banks, right? So, so, so what they, you're seeing there so is oh, I see. Okay, I see they're what you're seeing, saying. What they're seeing is 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 financial sector instability of the major banks being like, hey, we're having a decline in deposit rates, declines yeah. in deposits. So we're we don't. So yeah, in order to maintain liquidity and capitalization, we might have to borrow more often in the short term. And the banks and the central bank of China is going. We will accommodate you. Oh, so let essentially, me, let, they, so, so there's. Can I can I dumb this down into my own terms so sure. a man like me can understand this? You know, because you know me, I'm not very smart. So there's a competition between putting money into a savings account and letting it sit there versus buying a short-term bond because a short-term bond, even in China now, is yielding much more than whatever a savings rate is. Right. So that we're seeing this in America too. Right. Yeah. Where if you buy a money market security. That yields much more than going into a savings account, just letting the money sit there, right? Yeah. So people are withdrawing money from their savings, buying short-term money market fixed income assets that are issued by their respective government, right? So for Chinese citizens, Chinese bonds, right? Whatever sure, the, probably. the equivalent of the nine-month treasury is there or, or three-month treasury there is, right? So yeah. people have been doing that like crazy. And China has been like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like our banking sector is super weak right now. And we saw what happened in the U.S., with their banking sector and the same exact issue kind of yeah. kind of bleed into you know some of their major banking institutions over there so to avoid this from happening here what we're going to do is we're going to push down the front end of the curve make money market funds seem less attractive so that chinese uh, investors don't buy these securities and instead they keep their money in savings accounts. So that keeps the reserves for banks much more liquid 
and much more flexible. Is that, is that kind of what, uh, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, that's, that's one method. The other method might just be that the central bank in a moment of lucidity is going, we're going to let capitalism prevail, sort of. And, and that doesn't sound like unlikely, capitalism. But, unlikely, you know. but saying like, we accept that people are going to go to better options. So just in order to keep liquidity in our banks, we're going to make it less expensive for them to do what they have to do. Like we're going to, oh, for lack of better terms, maybe yeah. it's them going, look, banks, we think this is short term. So we're going to let you, we're going to help you get through this problem is well, it's, no, well, it's not a short term thing. This is, this is indicative of the, of the bigger problem in China. Well, I mean, it helps, it helps on that end too, from the, from the banking, like from the bank's perspective, like, well, I guess this is all from the bank's perspective, but like it helps in that end too, in the sense that like, okay, if they lower, if they lower interest rates or if they lower short term interest rates. Like it helps the bank refinance their yeah. <laughs> just you know like or, or debt coming due whatever it, it is it, it might allow them to to bit. not have to do business with the money markets thus driving the money markets into weaker position right exactly they can do business with the government instead of the money market which also um, supplements the okay if I'm to be fair the Fed, the Fed has done this historically as well yeah when dude, it decides that money markets yeah, are it's not are, are yeah but it's a, it's, too but it's essentially like it, I I hear what you're saying in the sense that like it makes at the end of the day, you're making money market funds, money market bonds or securities. Less attractive. Exactly. Right. So one, if these banks want to refinance whatever loans that they had coming due, it's much easier and less expensive to do so. But on top of that, it encourages, so this is a double whammy. So there's that, and then it encourages people, investors, Chinese investors that have money in savings accounts to keep the money in the savings accounts or at least not yeah. spend and exhaust the energy to withdraw money from the savings account. It might disincentivize buy. them leaving. Exactly. It may and, not incentivize them to stay, but it'll of, disincentivize yeah, them to leave. Instead of like, yeah, instead of buying, you know, because like it, it does take some energy to withdraw from savings accounts. Maybe there's a fee or whatever it is, but you you know, you withdraw from that and then you buy a money market fund. If it's yielding 5%, which it is here in the States, like, like four and a half, right? But like, that's pretty enticing you know, compared to what we've seen historically in the last 10 years, right? And if you want to stack that up to, you know, whatever the yield is on a savings account, yeah, that's that's very enticing. So, yeah, yeah I, th- I think you know, that's kind of double whammy in the fact that it disincentivizes that and disincentivizes the withdrawing from savings and going into money markets. So, yeah, no, that's, that is, that is pretty, uh, that is pretty eye-opening. Yeah. That, that they can just do that, you know. The Chinese Communist Party, again, they can do whatever they want. They, they're, yeah. they're, a, they're a political party that runs, that has control of a country, not a, not a country that has, it's, it's yeah. yeah, it's a... But I, I, I think this also kind of like, you know, bring somehow tying it to, you know, what's happening here in the States, in the mainland. And I apologize if you're like Tim and you're not from the States. By the way, really enjoyed the conversation that we had on Instagram. Thanks for sliding into our DMs. Tim, dude, you're our day one, dude. We love you. We, That's we true. Love you you so were there day one. That's yeah, nice. No, he's he is our day one. He's the very first yeah. drunk economics fan ever. Would that 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 wasn't like my mom? You know? Oh yeah, that wasn't so, a, a close family relation. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, I mean, he might have even been the first drunk economics listener before my mom. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, he was our day one. So uh, one, want to say thanks for the conversation over our Instagram DMs. Every time I talk to you, Tim, it's always so enlightening. But uh, yeah. I wanted to bring this, the conversation back to the States and sorry to leave out uh, other countries like, uh, like, uh, like the beautiful Melbourne, Australia. But uh, yeah, like the topic of a rolling recession here is really starting to come to fruition. Like I think everyone's really starting to talk about it in the sense that like, you know, what kind of landing is the Federal Reserve going to lead us to? We talked about this a little bit last week too. We're waiting for that last shoe to drop. I think as catalysts start rolling in, as, as things start coming into fruition, we're starting to see that this very much is a rolling recession in the sense that, you know, last fall, equity markets really got hit, really got pummeled. And then, yeah. of course, you know, fixed income markets at the same time also got pummeled. And then you come, you, you know, you turn the page this year, uh, the banking sector got absolutely pummeled. Credit card debt is reaching all-time highs. It's reaching all-time now, highs, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a big know, game of whack-a-mole. Exactly, <laughs> um, yeah. Like, so it's, it's, it's this rolling recession where this recession is starting to hit like different pockets of the economy, right? Credit card debt to bank fallouts to, right now, manufacturing. And I think maybe the next shoe to drop is commercial real estate because that's something that everybody's talking about now. Like, people are actually well, talking about Well, at least what we'll see is we'll see commercial real estate not... I think it's already. I think that's already gone down. It's just that it had. It's yeah. if it was a mole, it's already been whacked down. It just everyone's expecting it to pop back up, and it hasn't yet. And it doesn't really will. It, like it, that one might be fundamental. That might be a broken mole. You know, it, yeah. it may just. It may not be like a. Oh, it's going to get knocked down. It's that it's. Oh shit! No, that's like that's 
Yeah, it'll be, but, the, it'll be the realization like, oh no, that's that's a problem. Yeah, but the weird thing is like, so one of the things that we that, that we keep seeing here is like, you know, everybody keeps revising their their recession outlook, right? So like Goldman Sachs recently, their chief economist decided that uh, now like he's lowering his um, his his recession odds to twenty five percent. And earlier this year, we had J.P. Morgan say odds of recession one hundred percent. You know, and yeah. now that's all starting to get revised somehow. But I think in a way, like the one hundred percent thing was true. But I think we're probably going to look back five years from now and go like, okay, remember, you know, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, and maybe even twenty twenty four. Like that entire period was probably just a long, shallow recession because. This recession hit pockets of the economy at different times. Yeah, it's, it's I, like I, a it's like yeah. that weather report when they're like, oh, there's a sixty percent chance of rain. It's like, what is? People, most people don't know what that means. Yeah, it usually when the simple explanation is there's a one hundred percent chance of rain in sixty percent of the area we're talking yep. about, and yep. that's what we're and that's what we're looking about here. Is it's just like, well, it's it's essentially you're in. You're in a well, point where I mean, there's a 100 chance of rain in the entire area, but not all at once. Yeah, it's essentially it's, essentially, it's road rash. Yeah. It's a scrape. It's it's not hugely deep, but it's across everything, yeah, and that wouldn't yeah. be fun. It would not Still be. Not that's fun. not yeah. pleasant. Like, and it can, in many ways, it can be worse because it's not just like it's not a single thing. That like, okay, let's let's fix. Let's do a, stitches, and you're good. It's no, we've got. It's yeah. It's, I mean, you ever like slide on a base, like in, like when you're playing softball or baseball. You slide yeah. and then you end up scraping the entire like side like of the your whole leg. like leg and everything. Yeah, and then yeah. you and then you get up and you're like, man, I'd have rather gotten hit by the pitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'd rather yeah. get hit by pitch. Well, well, I mean, in, like, the, in the body, it's like, oh, that that's a one off thing that hurts a lot more. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like I mean, that's but never happened. Like, I mean, to be honest with you, like I, I've gone into like a like a you know motorcycle crash, but it wasn't like that bad. It was just like I a motorcycle fell and slipped, and I ended up scraping like the side of my leg. And I'm telling That's, you, yeah, like, ouch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so shallow but long, like down the down the entire side of my leg. That was rough. Like that 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 was pretty rough. And like, let me tell you something. Like, would it have been worse getting just like one deep cut? I have no idea. I, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing for sure was that a long shallow cut on the side of my leg. Like, I can tell you for a fact that that wasn't fun either. So. Yeah. I think that's essentially what we're seeing here is like, this is going to be a one long, shallow cut yeah, across it's, multiple it's gonna, sectors. It's going to hit it's different gonna sectors. Kind of, and so they're going to have to have different remedies to each one. And the worst part of it's going to be is if you keep trying to treat the symptoms and you don't know where the next symptom is going to be, it's like watching an episode of House. You're just like, well, the only problem is Jerome Powell isn't House. And <laughs> there is no there is no solution. It's just we can treat the symptoms well, and hope that eventually your body, you know, it figures it out. Well, the I economy mean, figures it yeah, out. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, personally, I would have. I, I don't want to sit here and say I would have preferred a deeper cut than a than a long, big, giant scab. But no. who, who knows, right? Like, I like in my lifetime, you know, like I only have so many years in this planet. We all only have so many years in this planet. Like, yeah, I, w- I would like this phase to be over. Yeah, you know? I, I want no. I, I would prefer a short, violent hangover versus a long, yeah, like, dude. shallow one. Yeah, exactly. Like, Thank you, James. It's, it's if you're gonna, yeah, it's it's that <laughs> it's that very basic thing of just like I just want it to be done with. It's tearing off the band aid versus slowly removing it. Like it, 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 I don't know, and that's that. No, but it's, yeah. that's but but I definitely think you're right that the rolling recession is. And it'll, it'll be looked back on. It'll it'll be called it'll be called afterwards when they go. Oh, actually, if you look, if you look, you're right. Well, the whole economy wasn't. In recession, but if you look like oh, financial sector those nine months, commercial real estate that two years, that, that's two, yeah, uh, cr- it's gonna credit, have to be a, it's gonna have to be a yeah. sector by sector call. Yeah, because like um, well, I mean, like if you think about it, like so the job market is still re- uh, unbelievably strong, unbelievably resilient, and this is yeah. after all these tech layoffs, all these mega cap layoffs. After, after all that, yeah, it's, it's still super strong. And then services, services unbelievably strong, which maybe. You know, I'm not saying this is true or not. Maybe it's driven by M&A activity. I don't um, know. I think, <laughs> I think we'll see in the CPI print tomorrow. So like, that's, that's, yeah. for me, that's the big news is if the CPI, if CPI still comes in strong on historical jobs data, they have to raise rates to, yep. to if the CPI comes in lower than expected, I think they probably yeah. still want to raise rates. Well, and maybe, and maybe um, it's seasonal too, because like, if you think about it- A lot of high schoolers you know, just stopped being in high, us kids stopped being in school just now and they can go work their yeah, well, lifeguarding I, jobs. So we'll see what that ha- that does to yeah, well, CPI. There, there, yeah, there's that. Like right now, like in, in the middle of June, like 
personally, I spend more money in the summers than I do in the winters. That's just me. Oh, yeah. And I feel like a lot of other people do that too, right? They travel more in the summers. It's nicer everywhere. Like, wh- whatever it is. So, maybe that has a little bit to do with it. I'm not saying CPI is going to come in at 6% tomorrow. I have no idea. But I actually have no idea uh, what's going to yeah, happen. I think I, it'll I, be... I have no idea, too. I hope it's sub-5, just selfishly. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of hope... Like, self, also selfishly hope it's above 6 so the Fed can be a little bit more aggressive, you know? I'm not saying the Fed being aggressive is a good thing, but I just like, I, I just want this phase to be over with. Because we've been talking about like, when's, like, what's the next shoe to drop? We've been talking about that forever. What's the doomsday activity going to be? What's the doomsday? Yeah, what's, what's going to be, what's going to be, be that thing that sets it off? Yeah. yeah at, at this point, I don't know. I, I, I had my money on, um, I had my money on no compromise with, uh, <laughs> the debt ceiling um yeah well i i, I personally thought that, that was gonna get resolved um as you know evidenced by if you go back and listen to some of our episodes but like oh yeah i just yeah. i just still had i just still had getting close to it being enough to be like well that's it like you can't you don't have faith you can't have faith anymore no one's asleep like, they're all asleep at the wheel no one's no one's in charge and now it's free for all well um, it's uh it's it is now 2025's problem absolutely <laughs> so uh, good luck yeah future us no for sure uh, but yeah i mean i i think this is a fascinating you know market that we find that we find ourselves in the s p 500 in case you're wondering it's back at all I mean, time highs isn't it it's pretty I mean, close it's not back but we're very close we're very close to all-time highs which you know to be honest with you like i looked at the technical chart today i looked at the daily candle chart right the one year, one day chart, if you know what that means. Over a period of a year, each candlestick within that year represents one day, right? So you'll see about 270 candlesticks throughout the, uh, throughout the chart, which uh, 270 because of that's, how, that's how many trading days there are in, in a year. But anyways, so I looked at that, that chart. We're literally within striking distance. I mean, we're so close to uh, all-time highs, right? So yeah, we're just um, about hundred point, hundred points below. Yeah, I mean, right now we're at about thirty, uh, forty-three thirty. Let's call it forty-three forty, right? The S and P's at forty-three yep. forty. All-time highs are at forty-eight hundred. I mean, slightly above that, but like all-time highs are about forty-eight hundred. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I meant to say ten percent off. Not, yeah, um, which not really like is not is not that drastic of a move. You really think about it. Well, not when the VIX was up. Eight percent today. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you can see I mean, swings. Granted, it's the VIX. It's different. Yeah, I mean, granted, like the markets have been pretty range bound. So, I mean, maybe we're on. We're like, maybe we're st- like, we're looking right in the face of a bear flag. I have no idea. But the markets rallied like crazy, and the VIX is still like the VIX is still so low. But if you look at today, this is something that uh, you know. I'm, I'm not saying this is uh, financial advice, but like the volume candle. For SPY, and by the way, by the time you hear this, I mean, you know, what I'm saying here is going to be two days old, but the volume candle on SPY was tiny, which if that screams anything, that screams reluctancy, right? So it went up by a little bit today, very reluctantly, but the VIX went up 8% today, which means people are betting that 30 days from now, there's going to be a big movement in the S and P 500. Yeah, we don't know which direction. Could go we either way, but we don't know. We but don't they're know. betting on movement. We, yeah, and, with the, and, with, and to be fair, with the Fed meeting in two days and a CPI print tomorrow, or when you're hearing this, with a Fed meeting yesterday and a CPI print two days ago, yeah, yeah. That, those are that's great indicators. Those are that's great data points to move on. Yeah, and all I can tell you is that today, just today, June 12th, um, 2023, just today, the put call ratio for the SPX was 1.4. Is all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Doesn't mean <laughs> that derivative traders are correct, but you know when the VIX goes up eight percent and the put call ratio is above one, all I'm going to say is that that doesn't look great. I'm not saying tomorrow for sure we're going to see a drastic decline in the markets. No, but all I'm saying is that that is not necessarily a bullish signal. No, um, I mean again, here's the real question. This is this is to me like this is the, this is the crux of kind of the things we're talking about. The crux of like of this rolling recession, and it boils down to this. China's exports are down 7.5%. Their single largest consumer is the United States. That means that the U- U.S. imports from China will be commensurately down, which yeah. means that the companies in the U.S. aren't buying those things. Now, it starts costing people money in the ports. Less stuff to offload, so you get paid less. You get, we're yep. paid for fewer days, for, few, for, for fewer hours, really. Yeah, fewer exactly. truckers, fewer yeah. railers yeah. need to haul that stuff. So in theory, like right now, it's, there's a lot of stuff to move so you can catch up. But eventually it gets to a point where it's okay, well, there's less work to do. Yeah, that, moving yeah those that'll flow around. through eventually, yeah. Eventually you get to the actual person that consumes those goods either as an end product or to manufacture something else. They're not buying, which is why they're not 
shipping it. So yep. that means productions, my productions down, which means I'm selling less, which means that my, I need fewer employees to do the amount of work I'm currently, I currently have, or my, I need the same number of employees working fewer hours, right? Cause there's two ways to solve that problem. Yep. But all of this in the end, if you really want to think about it, it's not driven by supply. Like I, I'm a, I'm a no. strong demand side. I'm a strong there demand side economy, yeah. economics guy. I think that a market is driven by demand for something, not, not by supply for something. 99% yeah. of the time. There's some things where it is supply driven. Maybe not 90%, speaking, like 80% of the time. But well, yeah, yeah I, I just mean the vast, vast majority. majority. It's, it's, vast it's majority, demand. Yeah. The demand for something is what creates, that, is what creates the production, not the supply, yeah. right? I, I go to a store and I see a bunch of, um, and I see one brand that has a bunch of products there that no one's buying. And I, I, I initially think like, why is no one touching those? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it, it is true. Like demand drives everything, right? Like if everybody the, wants, if everybody but, wants gold, then there's going to be a drastic demand. Like it's going to drive. And the price of gold is going to go up. Yeah. And mining yeah. Eventually. Up. And then eventually, yeah, it's going to drive people to mine for more gold. Right. Cause, because if I can sell it for, you know, 2100 bucks a bar uh, versus yeah, as a seller, as a, as a seller, like, I want to sell you more the law of the law of supply. I want to sell you more product at a higher at a higher price. I want to sell you more product. Yeah, I mean, very much. I, I think um, most of the economy is maybe not even 80 percent. 80 percent is is low. Right. Maybe like 95 percent. I would say yeah. not your 99, but 95 percent. No, of the but, economy is but, the, but the real problem yeah. is this is demand is the consumer. Whoever your consumer is, is the person that creates your demand. So whoever the final customer at the end is, in this case, the US consumer, is the initial driver of all things demand in the United, of all aggregate demand in the United States. 100%, at some yeah. point, it's up to them. If there's no money there, my credit's tapped out. I've bought a lot, I'm buying groceries on credit. I'm buying, I bought all these things on credit. I have no money left. That hiccups through the cycle. That cycles yeah. back down and hits and it, and it gets eventually. It eventually gets to China, and it gets it gets bigger at each level. Mm -hmm. Like it, it gets bigger to the next. You know, each next order effect is worse than the one before it. Right? Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. Well, I mean, it starts, it, it starts from uh, you, you and I individually demanding something, and then the store that we bought it from demanding something because yep. of what we demand, and then they mm -hmm. demand to whatever manufacturer exactly. which is which is like the general mills or whatever think of a company like that right like uh yeah. like a US steel right like yeah and then they turn company. and then they turn around to a chinese steel manufacturer or general mills turns As around our, to yeah. US, US steel farmers. like our demand is low and because me james and a bunch of other people in pittsburgh decide that we don't need more steel for whatever new car parts or whatever it is i, I have no idea yeah. right? but like yeah whatever. i estimate fewer car sales because i'm not selling anything so I'm not, I don't need yeah. as many cars. I'm not going to make as many cars. Exactly. And then that ends up eventually flowing back to Chinese export numbers. Which then flows to Chinese import numbers, <laughs> which then flows to Australian export numbers, which, right? Yeah. And, that's, and that's why Tim, and that's why Tim sends us hate mail. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, Tim. Uh, Love it. Yeah. That's not why. It's my accent that causes that. Oh, oh um, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Tarantino accent. Yeah. I don't want to call it the Australian accent. I'm going to call it the Tarantino accent. Tarantino uh, and Django. Yeah, that's about yeah. right. But essentially, I mean, some of the things, you know, like some of the things that we have to look out for, Europe, intertechnical recession, you know. They did. I don't know. Uh, that just came up today. We still need more insight on that. Well, um, Ger more. Germany went into technical recession yeah, the, 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 two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. And yeah, so, Europe was, so of course Europe was going to follow suit. Yeah, like, the biggest what, economy, who, yeah. Who is going to buoy them? The UK, which doesn't want to be part of Europe. France, <laughs> yeah. which I can't see how. They're, they're, they're in riots and protests. And, and I'll be honest, yeah. Germany and France are really the only two economies that work. Yeah. Even then. And even then, like, well, like, and, and even then, like France, Italy, a lot of issues going on there. A lot of issues going on there. Yeah. Which I, I don't want to go into right now, but like, yeah. I mean, a lot of no, issues going on there. So like, and the Eurozone is kind of like, can, can they get along? We have they, no idea. It's, but like more to come on that. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just that right now you've got, you've got, the major, major consumers, right? So the biggest single consumer in the world is the United States. The only consume, the only single trade block that's bigger than that in terms of consumption in the world is the European Union. Right? Yeah. It's only slightly bigger than the U.S. As we, but that's a union of multiple nations of nineteen countries. Of nineteen countries, countries, right? So, yeah. so it takes those. It takes those nineteen countries to be larger than the U.S. And it's slightly. just barely. Yeah, like maybe, you know, like yeah, pennies. Um, uh, but yeah, so there's that. On top of that, I mean, inflation. The outlook for inflation looks pretty good. I don't know if the Fed's going to pause. 
on Wednesday. I don't I have think no they idea. I, I don't with think job I, numbers with job numbers these good. Like, well, you can't. I honestly think you have to. I th- I really think they're banking their decision on CPI tomorrow. Which I think they have is, to. Which is pretty funny because today I'm all out of scotch. So actually, I have that special sauce. So with that, I'm down to a few drops um, myself. Nice, dude. I don't know why I decided to be on a monkey shoulder craze. That's a good so, one. Yeah, I mean, it's three space sides. Can you go wrong? It's summer, whatever, dude. I like it a lot. Anyways, I guess I'm all out of scotch. So I guess, you what's know. The, what's the weather like at night in uh, Phoenix right now? I don't know. It's pretty nice. It's like. 70 there's no humidity one. is it windy at all or slightly windy uh it's not hoodie. sounds like it could be hoodie weather it's, it could be hoodie weather which by the way if you're looking for a nice hoodie i know we could find one it's at drunkenomics.myspreadshop.com yeah that's what you it can is. find the, the the finest hoodies the finest hoodies with our logo on it with uh you know the finest drunkenomics merchandise that money can buy all yep. you know it, Whatever you need, whether it's hoodies, golf shirts, tank tops during the day, tank tops, sunny hats, out. some pretty sweet hats. hats, keep the sun out of your eyes. Ha- yeah, keep the sun out of your eyes to keep your face from de-aging or aging, actually, I should say. Yeah, I mean, you can go there, check it out. Anything there is very much greatly appreciated. Additionally, if you want to leave a tip in the tip jar, you know, we are bartenders by trade. Finance notes <laughs> by... I don't know what my choice. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, whatever it is, dude. I don't know. I don't know why I picked this industry, but whatever, whatever reason. Better leave a tip in the tip jar. Tip your bartenders. I certainly encourage that kind of behavior. Obviously, anything there is greatly appreciated. I want you to know that uh, you can you can do that at Patreon. P a t r e o n dot c o m slash drunkenomics d o u n k n o m i c s. That'll certainly help us. The liquor cabinet stock, the fruit fresh, the lights on. What else might have been here? Uh, the ice uh, frozen and the, the beer ice cold. frozen and the beer cold. Yes, exactly. I don't know why I forgot about that, but seriously. Well, it's because really all winter we didn't have to worry about keeping the beer cold. Yeah, I know. It's already cold. Put it outside. Yeah, it's, it's cold. But yeah, seriously, anything there, anything there is greatly appreciated. The fact that you're drinking with us is really awesome. One I of my favorite see. things about the week. Yeah, I mean, it's so, a highlight of my week too. I love drinking with you guys. But with that, my encouragement to you as we take on the rest of the week and as we go into the weekend is to continue to play Chestnut Checkers. Don't brag, just say, continue to fill and kill. And uh, most importantly, do that, uh, what's that one thing? Um, Stay drunk and amical, guys. That's what it is. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. That is really good, that scotch. I'm just, I'm just saying.